Welcome to Massive Late Fee. And now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me as always is my girlfriend, Carol. How you doing today, Carol? Hey, what's up? Not much. It's been a good week here. It's December 14th, 1996. Yeah, Christmas is only 11 days away. Are you ready? Christmas is coming. Yeah, I'm ready. (laughs) What the hell? Oh, you're so weird. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. I got all my presents bought and wrapped. Anytime it snows a lot right before Christmas, I say Christmas came all over us. Oh, gross. You are so gross. <laughs> Can't believe I live with you. Gross. Oh, yeah. Well, at least I put the seat down, Carol. Could be worse. Could it? <laughs> okay, I guess not. <laughs> I guess it couldn't be worse. <laughs> I could be like Jeffrey Dahmer and have... Uh, you know, a bunch of like guys' body parts in the refrigerator that I'm Ew. snacking on. Ew. No Tupperware, just out in the open. <laughs> Fucking Jeffrey Tomer, you pig. <laughs> so gross. Do people ever just put stuff in the fridge without Tupperware? Yeah. That's so gross. I think so. If you do that, you're gross. Just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> you're grosser than the guy that ate people. Like, in the truth about cats and dogs, I, I said, like, I thought that was nasty. He had a piece of cheesecake just on mm-hmm. a plate in his fridge. Like, yeah. ew. Nasty. It's nasty. <laughs> there is no uncovered food in our refrigerator. No. Nope. No. Nope. All the human limbs are covered. <laughs> it took a while to, you know, get a Tupperware container. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure. Could fit an arm, but. Oh, my God. Uh, anyway, speaking of parts of bodies coming off. Do you ever take the uh, parts of your Barbie doll off? Or like take a, you know, rip a head off there or like take, take the arms out of the sockets, you know? Not on purpose. I mean, I, I guess maybe I ripped a head off when I was little. Well, the learning... <laughs> Don't take that out of context. <laughs> well, the learning channel's getting all dolled up with Barbie dolls. Carol. Oh, I love Barbie dolls. The true life of Barbie. I'm excited. On What's the this? learning channel. I want to see. I want to see. She's America's favorite curvy princess of pop culture. Mike Duffy, you're going to be on a list. This cosmic teenage fashion model named Doll, named Barbie, a toy-rific 37-year-old national institution who has served... Wow, she's been around for 37 years already. Since 1953 or five. I don't know. Who has survived? <laughs> Wait, what? What? 1953 or 5? Yeah. That's not 37 years. Uh. 1959. Oh. That's 37 years ago. Okay, fine. Uh, who has survived feminist rage and the assaults of numerous other critics and Kittyland competitors is still living large after all these years. You can even see her dissing Ken and zooming off with G.I. Joe to the rockin' Van Halen-fueled chords of You Really Got Me in 1996's (laughs) hottest car commercial from Nissan. I believe that's how you say that. Nissan? Uh, (laughs) Yeah, freak. Now, welcome 
The True Life of Barbie, a lively pop sociological tour of this little plastic American dream machine from Mattel. The special, narrated by singer and doll collector Marie Osmond. My mom will be all over this. Easily could have been more than a one-hour marketing plug for Mattel and its profitable toy world, Lollapalooza. But producer-writer Ann Hawker... Uh, mixing a fabulous array of vintage Barbie commercials, interviews, and intensely devoted Barbie collectors, and the observations of various Barbie scholars. So it's like a it's a Barbie doll, what documentary? Yeah, the life and times. It's a it's a this is your life for Barbie. <laughs> Why not? What's that one weird fucking thing that you talked about? Which weird fucking thing? Uh, I talk about a lot of weird fucking things. Uh, Mitch. Mitch. That's not weird. Mitch is going to show up and be like, uh, here's a, a voice from the past, Barbie. Hi, it's Mitch. <laughs> Remember we, uh, I went to the beach. That's, I don't know, whatever she did. There's Midge, who's her best friend, and Alan is Midge's right. boyfriend, Alan, and Ken is Barbie's boyfriend. And then there's also Francie, which is Barbie's cousin. What? Francie? Yeah, or Frenchie or something like that. My mom had this doll. This is from like way back. And then there's like, you know, Skipper, who's her little sister. I've I've heard of Skipper. I've heard of that one. Well good. Do you think that uh that Alan and Midge came with a, a deck of pinochle cards? <laughs> <laughs> so that they could play pinochle. Was that was they that what it was? Absolutely were they, were should they, have. Were they bridge partners for <laughs> What a what a fifties and early sixties idea for they need a friend. They need a couple friend. They need somebody to play, you know, keys in the fishbowl with. Seventies oh <laughs> Barbie. <laughs> oh, you know it happened. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it ha- well we already established that it happened in your world with with the playscape of your mind. With I, I, uh the 90210 dolls. I think Todd is Skipper's boyfriend, too. I believe there's a Todd. Todd? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he had a fuzzy head. What the fuck? Was he part sheep? What are you talking about? He had a fuzzy head. Well, you know how they have, like, the slicked Wait, back head? plastic hair? Oh, my God. You're disgusting. Yeah, go ahead. I'm just done. No, what is wrong with you? Seriously. Slicked black back plastic hair <laughs> yeah so you said yes but he had real hair he had not real hair i mean it's not like they're like well, putting wigs hair. on them or something i mean come on now like they're not cancer patients real human Holy hair wigs oh <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah he had fuzzy fuzzy head <laughs> like a teddy bear okay <laughs> oh my god well the gamer guy has got some uh, some news for us, Carol. The gamer guy. Speaking, What's the gamer guy? Speaking of how it's close to Christmas, uh, some Christmas gifts here. NFL game takes on Madden. Twisted Metal has improved. Vicious stiff arms, bone crushing, gang tackling. Speaking of keys in the fishbowl, <laughs> gang tackling and sweet post patterns are some of your favorite team's moves. More than 500 plays fill your playbook, and the game wears on. Your team plays with ferocity. And you're in total control in Sony's NFL Game Day 97, the latest version of Game Day 
is Sony's answer to Electronic Arts Madden 97 Football, which was released recently for PlayStation. Hmm. Sony has tweaked Game Day to combat the challenge from its powerful rival. Game Day's fine. It's got total control passing, everybody. A passing meter that allows you to over or under throw receivers, depending on the coverage. This sounds like a game that's right up your alley. Yeah, I know. Player maneuvers get an added boost with advanced moves, which allow you to perform stunts like a simultaneous stiff arm slash speed burst. <laughs> anyway, it's a it's a football game, and it looks I've I've I like so I prefer Madden, John Madden football, but you know I'll give Game Day a try with its advanced passing. Okay. What about Twisted Metal? Are you familiar with Twisted Metal? No. After I got tired of smacking opposing quarterbacks, I decided it was time to get down to some serious destruction. That sounds dirty. Getting your smack on? My mission to smash, bash, and otherwise crash opposing vehicles. What the fuck? (laughs) How old is this dude? You're turning the gamer guy into a... Here, there's this picture. Ugh. You're turning the gamer guy. No offense, like uh, game guy. Some fucking Lothario or whatever. How old do you think that guy is? Mm, like 21. Uh, he looks like he's 12. Yeah, I know he does. Uh, my vehicle, a purple hearse. What? Named Shadow. You named your purple hearse. Driven by a supernatural undertaker named Mortimer. The game, Twisted Metal 2. The souped-up sequel to the rowdy auto-dueling title. Sony's Twisted Metal 2 has improved in all areas. So, you know, it's Twisted Metal 2. We're going to have to, like, go rent some of these video games. I can't believe... I played Twisted Metal. It's a fun game. So, essentially, it's like a smash em crash em kind of game, right? Mm Mm-hmm. I like smashing and crashing. Smashing. You like smashing and, and slapping or whatever you said, right? Smacking? <laughs> Get your smack. What what was what were you talking about? All the sexual innuendos? Exactly. So, Carol, I've got a decision for you. What's that? This week we are doing a film. Are we? That we watched. We watched a film. Yeah, a, a film I really liked. Why do you keep saying film? Like, like film up, boys. Like, what the fuck does that mean? What is what is with you <laughs> today? I don't know. Why do you keep saying dirty things? Are you not satisfied or something? Of course, I'm always satisfied with you, baby. Um, and then next week we're watching another movie. Mm-hmm. Haven't haven't. Uh, I mean, I think I know which one I want us to see next week. But anyway, so we have this week, uh-huh. we have next week, mm-hmm. and then everyone, hang on to your balls. It's uh, it's the best of. We're gonna do the best of episode. Merry uh, Christmas! Yeah, for the for the Christmas. Well, well, it'll come out after Christmas, but we're gonna take a couple week. Well, we're gonna take like a two week break. We're gonna do a best of, and we're gonna do a blooper episode. And then we're going to be coming back strong in January of 1997. We're going to have to figure something out for February when we go on vacation. Yeah, well, I think, I think, I think we'll probably maybe just I don't know maybe we'll pre-record a couple things for okay, for we'll vacation. See. But anyway, so point is this: 
We have this week and next week. These are our last two episodes of this year. And we're going to do Massive Love. Do you want to do Massive Love this week? Mm-hmm. Because we watched a romantic movie. Right. Or do you want to do it next week? Well, what movie are we watching next week? I think, so there's a new horror movie coming out called Scream. Or Scream. <sighs> Scream? Yes. That makes a little more sense. And I think I think we're going to I think I want to do that one. I think we should do Massive Love with Scream because we need something to tone down the the screaming horror. <laughs> we need different kind of screaming to combat the screaming. Right. Okay. I mean I feel like Massive Love with a love story is a little too it's, saccharine. It's, it's over it's over overdone. Huh? Yeah. Heavy-handed. I think so. All right. Well, Especially with of, all my sexual innuendos. I mean, speaking of heavy-handed, let's get right into the movie then, Carol, and we, and, and get ready for some massive love next week, everybody. Yes, we saw Jerry Maguire. Gerald Maguire, I believe, that is the the proper title of this movie. Tom Cruise, Renee Zellweger, Thomas McPoffer. What the fuck? That's his real name. What did the hell is McPoffer? McPoffer. McPoffer. Are you it's a like, puffer? It's like M-A-L-P-O-T-H-E-R or something like that. Uh-huh. That's his real name. Is it? Yes, that's his actual birth name. Weird. Okay. I guess I can see why he changed it. Yeah, but Thomas Cruz and, yeah, R- Rennie Zell- Zellweger. You recognize why her. Do you, why do you want people to think that you have some kind of speech <laughs> impediment or like you had a stroke or I don't know, you don't know how to talk? Like. It's the only comedy that I can do, mispronouncing things. <laughs> but you remember her, don't you? I do. She was in Empire Records. You know where else I feel like we saw her, but I know it, we didn't? Hmm. Was in uh, Mall Rats. Oh, she does look like that Joey Lauren Adams. Yeah, very much. Like, I wonder if they're related. The one who we see their her breasts real briefly. Yeah, yeah. She do, they do look a lot alike. I agree. You know what else she was in? Mm. What just it just occurred to me? She was in Reality Bites. Oh yeah, because she was she was. Like uh, a girl that he slept with or something like that. We saw her very briefly. Yeah, I don't even know if she had a line. I remember Tom Cruise from uh, Interview with a Vampire Slayer. <laughs> Interview with a Vampire, I mean. <laughs> Interview with a Vampire Slayer. I, <laughs> I heard that there's this Vampire Slayer show coming, and I had that kind of in the brain. So Well, and that movie that you watched, that movie you had us watch. With Christy Swanson or whatever. Yeah. Buffy the Vampire and Luke Perry was in it. Yeah. Yeah, we watched. We talked about that movie. So, I I don't know. We rented that because you're fucking obsessed with it. Yeah. But they're going to make a show of that, and I'm excited. Are they? Mm Mm-hmm. Why? And we're going to watch it. They're going to make a show out of that fucking movie? Yes, sir. Is Luke Perry going to be in it? I don't know. Oh, my God. Christy Swanson. I don't know. I just saw an article in, like, you know. A variety. One of the trades. That you don't read, that you pretend like I'm the only one that knows about Hollywood goss. Well, come on, when it has to do with vampires, you know I'm there. Anyway, interview with a vampire slayer. Yeah, he, that's he like was a in that. mockbuster, right? Yeah. What else have we seen him in? Who? Tom Cruise? Yeah. I don't know. He's not. He's a relative unknown. Okay. 
He he. What are you talking about? Fuck off. I love how you just fucking roll with that too. Why wouldn't I? He's a relative unknown. What else have we seen him in? Are you insane? Like, I talked about Renee Zellweger because, you know, I've seen her in one other movie and saw her from, like, a distance. The camera had to be, like, 700 feet away from her in Reality Bites. And then you're like, Tom Cruise, what else? I don't know. Uh, Risky Business, Top Gun, Days of Thunder. Um, He's one of the most famous movie stars in the world. We watched him in Mission Impossible earlier this oh, yeah. year. Yeah, we did. Well, okay, but like literally other than Mission Impossible that we watched earlier this year. He's just some interview with actor. a vampire. That's it. Like I haven't seen all those other weird guy movies you're talking about. <laughs> Sounds like he's into like all this action shit. What are you talking about? What? <laughs> he's one of the most fa- he's probably the most famous actor in the world. Well, would I picture him? Uh-huh. I picture him with a pale face and fangs, okay? Good for you. That's who he is to me. <laughs> oh, my God. <clears throat> so, in this movie, which is kind of a sports movie, so... You know who's in with... You know who's in Interview with a Vampire in uh, with, with him? Is another, like, very little-known actor, Brad Pitt. <laughs> yeah, nobody's heard of him either. Jesus Christ. <laughs> fuck off, okay? Just fuck all the way off. Who do you think is the most famous actor right now? If not Tom Cruise, who would it be right Tom now? Tom Hanks. Oh, fuck. Okay, yeah, I get All right, yes. I, I, I'll give you that one. Now. But you had that ready, didn't you? <laughs> Now what? As I was saying, this movie had something for both of us because it's a sports movie, not just a romance movie. Eh, it's barely a sports movie. It's a sports movie. He's a sports agent, and uh-huh. he deals with athletes, and there's you know sports shit going on all around. <laughs> hey, everybody, let's watch some sports shit. <laughs> now some romance. But it's... So, this movie was written and directed by Cameron Crowe. I believe you, you, you know him, don't you? I do. I do know him because you pointed out to me. He wrote... How many things that he's written that I like. He wrote... Well, he's only done a couple things. Uh, but he wrote um, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Which I like. Directed by Amy Heckerling, who then went on to direct Clueless. Which uh, I love. And then he wrote and directed Say Anything. Which I love. And then he did something else that I don't remember exactly off the top of my head. Uh, and then he did this. <clears throat> so in this movie, mm-hmm. Jerry Maguire I, is... Well, just a what the fuck? Cameron Crowe. What so, about him? Say Anything revolu- like re-revolutionized or changed or whatever the romantic comedy genre, right? And I wonder if this will be similar. Did it? Yes, it did. How? It, it like, rewrote some of the, the game, you know, because it, they became, like, formula and stale and stuff. And it, it, it's different. Okay. It's like Nuprin. 
I mean, his idea of standing outside her bedroom window with a boombox over his head was... In your eyes, <laughs> light in the heat. Yeah, that was different. Yeah. But uh, I don't know that the whole movie formula was different. Lloyd Dobler, I believe was his name. Yes. Anyway, do you think... I, I mentioned this to you after we watched the movie. Do you think that anyone else could have played this role besides Thomas Hanks? Or, I mean, Thomas Cruise. <laughs> No. Yeah, I think he's perfect for this. No, I mean, like, he he pulls off the, like, boyish charm, romance, and also, like, like the heavy moments. He does it all. He's so good. He's he is such very a talented. good actor. So, yeah. may I say now... Say whatever you want. Karen. ...that this movie <laughs> is about yeah. a sports agent... Who has a client who gets hit in the head during a game for like what? What did his son say? It was his fourth concussion or whatever. Yeah, he's a hockey player. No, he's a football player. He's a hockey player. Are you so sure? They mention they don't. We don't actually see it, but like they mention offhandedly that he's like at one point he goes because a hockey player's kid made Mm. me feel like a jerk or whatever. Okay, weird. Because he's like. The kid's like, shouldn't someone get him to stop? And, and Jerry's like, it would take a tank to stop your dad. And That's what hockey players are like. Really? Because yeah. I, I always picture football players as tanks mm. more. Because, you know, they ram into each other. Do mm-hmm. hockey players ram into each other? Yep. Okay. There, nice. there are rumors. <laughs> <clears throat> that was making everything dirty. You. That's what living with you is like. I'm just always wrong. No matter what side of the equation I'm on. And the faster you come to terms with it, the faster you'll find happiness. Mm. Now, um, he feels bad about the fact that this kid tells him he's an asshole. And tells him to fuck off. Flips Quite him the bird. literally yeah. tells him to fuck off. Fuck you. And uh, he writes this huge, like... 25-page-long memo slash mission statement, like, whatever. He keeps calling it a mission statement, but this is like if Stephen King wrote a mission statement. Right, like, I've never seen a mission statement that was more than, like, two paragraphs. You need an editor, please. Right? But he he went to, like, a print shop in the middle of the night, Mm -hmm. which, like, good thing they live in, like, fucking L.A. or wherever, because... New York, I think. I don't... Do they live in L.A.? I have no idea. It didn't seem like New York to me, no. All right, it seems like L.A. It so seems it's like L.A. LA yeah. Good thing they live in L.A. <laughs> where things are notoriously open late. Shut up. If I wanted to get stuff printed in the middle of the night, I would be shit out of you luck. to drive to L.A. <laughs> because I don't live in a big city. But whatever, it's a big city. So he's able to do this. So he uh-huh. goes to a print shop in the middle of the night and gets like... Hundreds of copies of this fucking thing printed out and puts it in everybody's mailbox at mm-hmm. his work, which is this huge sports agency. agency with like tons of people making tons of money. He says that he averages 260 calls a day or something ridiculous. 64. Yeah. So, and in this thing, he says his conclusion to the 25 page rambling is fewer clients, less money. Mm-hmm. Because he thinks that they need to, you know, get back to, like, what they love about sports and, Personal you know. Personal connections. Yeah, all that shit. So, 
you know. He needs to be Drew Bledsoe's friend. Okay. I don't know who that is. It's one. It's a quarterback oh. in the Patriots. Doesn't matter. So he's nervous. He realizes this was stupid, which it was. And he goes to try to undo it, but it's too late. Everybody's already got it. And, like, people are applauding him and, like, saying how great he's doing. But the- Jay Moore and Donald Loge are like, nah. He's Give him gonna, a week. Yeah, he's going to be fucking fired. Yeah. And he is. <laughs> Jay Moore takes him out to a restaurant in the middle of the day to tell him, like, that he's breaking up with him. <laughs> he takes him to Pomodoro. Took me to a crowded restaurant so there wouldn't be a scene. But there's a scene anyway, just not at the restaurant. Yeah. He, uh, this, this makes no sense either. This would never happen in real life, but... They let him spend the whole day from lunch till closing time in his office mm-hmm. calling his contacts trying to steal their clients. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Well, like, his, his clients, but His yeah. clients, that, but they're through the agency. Yeah, exactly. Like, they would have had security waiting to escort him out. They would not have allowed this. Instead, though, Cuba Gooding Jr. <laughs> keeps him on the phone long enough to deliver a line they can put in the trailer. I love it. I love it. Show me the money. Show me the money and then i hear people now because it's been a couple days i hear people screaming that all all over the place i love black people yeah they're not (laughs) screaming that though but it's funny (laughs) yeah no it's it's a funny so this movie blends humor and and romance but i don't know the romance is like it's weird like Everything develops super quick, okay. But it doesn't. It doesn't necessarily feel artificial. It still feels real, but everything happens so fast between the two of them. I don't think it's that fast because okay, first he's engaged when the movie starts right. to the redhead. What's her name? Uh, John Travolta's wife. She was in Secret Admirer. Mm-hmm. Yep. We see her boobs in that movie. And this movie. No, we don't. No. Almost. She's naked, but, like, she's covered. Mm. I can't think of her name. Oh, well. I don't know why I can't think of her name, but, yeah, she's married to John Travolta, so you guys all know who that I'm talking about now. But he is talking about how he proposed to her. Elizabeth something, maybe? I want to say Elizabeth Hurley, but I feel like that's somebody else. No, that's, that's the guy who got his dick sucks, uh girlfriend um oh i can't think of his name either now hugh grant that's she's she's she i think they're still dating okay she's an actress too but in england but she's dating hugh grant okay or was that's who elizabeth hurley is but he starts out he's engaged to this lady Mm -hmm. and we get some background on their romance because he's telling somebody about how he proposed to her and then this is when Renee Zellweger's character is first hearing about mm-hmm. him and um she falls in love with him right there Apparently, <laughs> just yeah. listening to him talking which is so ridiculous cuz it's not even that great of a story um but it's Tom Cruise though yeah that's true but he they were rock climbing which I, I, again, like, this is an active outdoorsy person, so fuck that. Like, I would not be interested in that at all. And uh, he trips, and he had had the ring in his pocket. He's going to propose to her when they get to the top or whatever. And she's like, come on, klutz, or whatever. So he decided not to propose to her. 
And then they walk in. What? Why are you looking at me like that? (laughs) And then when they walk in, like his assistant had uh, already like told everybody he's going to propose. And so they have a band in the lobby and everybody's waiting to cheer. And so then he gets down on one knee and proposes to her and says, this is me klutz asking you goddess of rock climbing to marry me. Like, okay, I, I, I don't see why that would make somebody fall in love with him right there. I love how you said that it's not a good story. And then you regaled our audience with the story. <laughs> well, no. Essentially, somehow, word for word, despite the fact that we've only seen this movie once, but you can't remember anything else. And you started this story basically as a rebuttal to me saying everything seems so fast. Did you just want me to just want to make me relive how long? All of this was, and all of this felt, to be like, no, it's not that fast. It feels like an eternity. (laughs) You're an asshole. I mean, I assume your point was, that's when she fell in love with him, and then you were going to detail the the different parts of the movie where their, their relationship escalates, but... Yeah. All right, well, go ahead and finish that, then. Fuck off. We got another couple hours. How the fuck do you remember that story? Hey, the tape records 120 minutes, all right? I can use them all if I want. All right. (sighs) (laughs) Now, as I was saying... Mm -hmm. um, Fuck! (laughs) (laughs) But you could remember that story. You must have really liked this film. We haven't said what we thought about it yet. <laughs> I love this film. Okay. When, um, okay, so like when he gets fired, sure, there's this big speech that he does about like loyalty and out, what? How he's not going to flip out, but then he does. Yeah. And um, he says, who is going with me? Mm-hmm. And nobody is going with him. Like he's just standing there like an asshole by himself holding a fish in a bag. I think he has an alcohol problem. You do? Kind of. Why? He's drunk a lot. He wasn't drunk then. He seemed drunk. No, he was just freaking out. Okay, well, he's got an emotional problem. (laughs) I mean, he just lost his job. Yeah, okay. I'll give it to him. So, Renee Zellweger is inspired by the thing he wrote. That's what makes her fall in love with him, too, I think. Like, she knows he's romantic. She also somehow watched his Bachelor video she, she mentioned. Yeah, that she memorized it. Right. Um, sort of like you memorized this movie. <laughs> Shut up. All knowledge in your head was pushed out so you could <laughs> contain this movie in your brain. <laughs> I have also memorized the Bachelor video. <laughs> Did you? He can't be alone. Yeah, everyone says that. It's it's a very what a what a bad idea. Like it starts out as kind of like a cute idea. She gets his little black book and she calls up exes from. His little black That's book. That's not a cute idea. To make stuff for this video. But then they're all like, oh, yeah, fuck this guy. He can't say I love you. Love ya. Right. Yeah. No, he, he, yeah, it's a terrible idea. Like, why would anybody think, hey, let me ask all your exes, all the women that you've disappointed in your life <laughs> to talk about you. And, and then, then she, she burns, burns it. Right. Like, I'd be so pissed. Why? He doesn't need it anymore. He's getting married. Well, yeah, but he doesn't. Now does he? 
Well, no, he doesn't get married, but still. He might have wanted to call some of those ladies. You want, you would, oh, so, okay, if we ever got married, you'd want me to keep my little black book? You don't have a little black book? Come on now. You don't know. Oh, do you? Because I will find it and I will burn it. (laughs) (laughs) But she's a bitch. She's just a bitch anyway, okay? (laughs) This just adds to my list of reasons why. Okay. Okay. Sure. But Renee Zellweger, despite the fact that she has a child, she's a single mom, she's a widow, mm-hmm. she leaves her nice, cushy job. She mentioned she's an accountant, so yeah. like she's probably making decent money. I would assume it's a big place, you know. And goes out the door with him when he walks out with the fucking goldfish. Mm-hmm. Because she, I think she's already in love with him. Yeah. Based on his fucking 25-page mission statement. Right. She said, I want to be inspired. That's what she said. So, mm-hmm. I mean, she finds him inspiring or whatever. She's, she's you know, around Ray's age. She's 26. <laughs> she's looking to be inspired. Around Ray's age. From 90210, because he's oh, turned uh-huh. 25. Right. She mentioned she's the oldest 26-year-old in the world or whatever. Yeah. And he's 35, I believe. Yeah. We we get, for, it's a weird, we, but the, both they, they both establish their ages at some point. Yeah. That is, weird. is that a Cameron Crowe thing? I don't know. Maybe. But um, she so she starts working for him. Mm-hmm. So that's how. I mean, their relationship grows that way too. It's not fast. Like they're. It seems fast in movie time. Maybe it's not fast in in actual days of their lives, but it seems fast in movie time. That's what I'm saying. Okay. What doesn't seem fast? What seems very even? Oh, even though it is fast, but it seems very natural is. Him falling in love with the little boy. Aw. Because those two... So it's the little boy from... The one that they didn't want to give any lines to uh, on that terrible Jeff Foxworthy show that we watched. Mm -hmm. It's that little kid. I believe his name is Jonathan Lipnicki. He is so cute. And he and Tom Cruise have... The best chemistry of any two actors I've ever seen on st- on <laughs> stage or in the movies together. It's insane how, like, you can just feel the love between the two of them. It's mm. so weird. But I don't think Tom Cruise has any kids. I don't believe he's a father. But it's it's just so, like, it's palpable. Yeah. The, the chemistry between them. They feel like... A dad and a son. It's I don't know how he does it, but it's amazing. It's hilarious. They have both the, of them though. They're yeah. both they're both play off each other really well. Yes, they have the the cutest scene ever when Tom Cruise is drunk mm-hmm. or Jerry Ware, and he shows up at her house and the kid's supposed to be asleep, and she's out changing into something sexy, right? <laughs> and the kid comes out and he's talking to him and. He's talking about how his dad used to take him to the zoo, and mm-hmm. Jerry's talking about his dad, and then he's like, I hear my mom coming. Yeah. I've got to go, go to bed. bed. <laughs> got to go to bed. My mom's coming. Bye. got to go to bed. So funny. <laughs> and Jerry's just like, he's just so good at acting, because he's not drunk, but you believe it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My, <laughs> my dad only took me to a zoo once in my life. Really? And this zoo only had dogs. That was the only thing in the zoo was dogs. So he took you to the dog pound. No, it was it was a zoo, but it all the only animals they had were dogs. I feel like this is a joke of some kind. It was a shit zoo. 
Yeah. Did your dad teach you that joke too? <laughs> Come on. That was a good one. <laughs> I love you. That was off the top of my head, you know that? <laughs> anyway. He doesn't love me back. So I love you too. So um she I think so she definitely traps him. I don't This is this is not no, it's very obvious. This well, is not. And I'm not saying their love's not real or whatever, but this isn't a love story. It's an entrapment story. <laughs> That's awful and untrue. It is true. The movie makes it very clear. There's that point where he's they he drunkenly makes a pass at her mm-hmm. and grabs her boob, and he's like, "Oh, sorry about that hand," <laughs> and. The next day, he's like, look, you know, I'm sorry. That shouldn't have happened. I'm your boss. This is, you know, I don't want, I feel like Clarence Thomas, you know, and all this stuff. He's like, we don't, you know, this is not the path we want to go down. And she goes, oh, yeah. She's like, well, you know, I'm going to go because I know you want to be alone. Mm-hmm. Alone. All alone. Well, and she says it like five times because she knows from that video that he can't stand being alone. Yeah. So then he asks to go out to dinner with her. She, everything she does, she does to trap him into this relationship because she said, and she even says to her sister, um, I, I have a son that I take care of all by myself. My husband died uh, when she says she's the oldest 26-year-old in the world. She says, I found a guy that's sweet and good with my kid and all this stuff. So I want him. So what? You know, and he's handsome. Like, she wants to trap him. She doesn't care how he feels. She doesn't care if he loves her. He loves the kid. And that's, that's just what she wants. So she tries to trap him. And, you know, towards the 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 climax of the movie she says that to him she says look i manipulated you into this and she owns it she says it wasn't right for me to do that and i thought it would be okay because you so clearly love my child that that would be enough for me but it's not i need someone that loves me too and it wasn't fair what i did to you it's not like the, the, and that's kind of what I like about this movie too, is that it's not like, oh, we had a misunderstanding and, or some stupid arbitrary thing where we're broken up now and that's the, the conflict. And then when they come back together, that's cause that's how like romantic comedies are. It's built into the structure of the plot hmm. because they get together for the wrong reasons at the beginning. Yeah. Their relationship starts for the wrong reasons because she clearly wants to manipulate him, and she's not mad at him. She just owns what she did and says, it's not fair to you, but it's also not fair to me. Like, I did something not fair to me, too, because we shouldn't be in this relationship if, um, <clears throat> you know, all it is is that you love my son because I need someone to love me, too. Yeah, well, I mean, she, I, I like the way that she said it, too. She's like, you know, I've got this great guy, and he loves my son, and he sure does like me a lot, which is true. Mm-hmm. And then she says, we could waste years being polite. Yeah. Because they're both nice people, mm-hmm. and they both like each other. But yeah, I mean, and I guess she's right at that point he didn't love her. 
Do you think at the end of this movie that he does love her? Yeah. I think that, so, It's. I, I think she kind of mani- manipulates him into marrying her, too. Well, oh, totally, totally. Because, like, she says, I pretended that proposal by the car was real, and it could have been a hypothetical. Mm-hmm. She She just, like, agrees to marry him when he didn't really ask her. He said, what if we got married? If I said that, would you stay? Right. That is not a proposal. Right. I mean, I had a guy ask me one time, what would you do if I bought you a ring? I didn't go around saying, hey, he proposed. Right. Yeah, exactly. So that's what I'm saying. Like, she completely manipulated the situation every step of the way. But she owns that at the end and says, you know, no. Now, I think, and I think that's her arc. Her arc as a character is realizing that to be the best mom she can be, it's not just enough to give her son a father figure that she needs to be a real family that she needs someone that loves her too, loves both of them. And I think that's like kind of her arc. And then she gets that at the end of the movie, obviously. And I think his arc is realizing that, um, you know, he, it's weird too, because we don't, we don't see exactly why we're only told. And that's, I guess that's maybe one slight failing in the movie. We're only told this about his character, that he doesn't love, you know, can't say I love you and stuff like that. He's just like, you know, he's all like, hey, love you, baby, you know, stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, I mean, I do. we do get a sense of that character. I think if you extrapolate it out to the whole and if you extrapolate, to, extrapolate it to the mission statement thing, being about personal relationships and stuff, I think his character starts out as very surface. Yeah. He's all surface level charm and schmooze and he's got all these different clients that he's he's running from one to the other but he doesn't care about any of them really right and then as everything gets narrowed down he's got one client who's his becomes his like best friend Mm -hmm. at the end of the movie who he does care about and he's got one client and he's got one relationship where he realizes that he loves this woman too and I think, so I do think he loves her. I think he that's the, the arc that he goes through. I think it just so happens that he gets entrapped by someone that he, he ends up falling in love with. <laughs> so they got lucky. Stockholm Syndrome. So I got lucky that way, but <clears throat> yeah, it's a real Beauty and the Beast situation. The fuck? Stockholm Syndrome. Okay, but I mean, this isn't a Beauty and the Beast situation. They're both very beautiful. Yeah, but I'm saying like, I think she had Stockholm Syndrome. Bell. Yeah. Anyway, so I think I think they both have those character arcs. I think they meld together well. Yeah. There's an awesome scene in the movie that I'm sure, you know, people who haven't seen the movie have seen in the music video. Uh, but where, right. You know, he says, you complete me. <clears throat> and he walks in, like, he walks into this, like, women's meeting. This is when they're broken up. and They also don't expound on that very much, but there's a, Group, I think, of divorced women. Yeah. Divorced and widowed women or something divorced. like that. Divorced. And they're all talking about, yeah, her her sister, Bonnie... Uh, Hunt. Hunt um, is very... She's like, I don't know, they're they're all down on men. Or yeah. Whatever. They, it's like they're men's hater, hater club. Right. But they, yeah, they're all talking and he, he comes in there and he's like, oh, fine, if I got to do it here, I've got to do it here. He's always making scenes in yeah. front of people in this movie. But... 
<clears throat> he's like, uh, you know, I miss my wife, mm-hmm. you know, and then he says to her, and at the very beginning of the movie, they're in an elevator, and this guy in sign language says something to a girl, and then she starts kissing him, and when they get out, he's like, oh, I wonder what he said, and she's like, my favorite aunt is hearing impaired, and he said, you complete me. So then at the end of the movie, he says to her, you complete me. How do you how do you remember so much of this fucking dialogue of this movie? I just really I like the movie. It burned in your brain. <laughs> I really, really like the movie. Maybe I saw it at the theater a couple extra times without you. What? <laughs> took really your other good bo- movie. Took your other boyfriend. You know, I could never have more than one man in my life. Like you're, you're more than enough for me yeah. to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so. Yeah, he says the you complete me thing. It's just, it's very romantic. And then she's like, shut up. You had me at hello. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then they, they live happily ever after, I guess. I guess. I hope. Yeah, that's what, and then he's got one client. <clears throat> Who gets paid? He gets his payday. No, he's going to get more than one client, though, because everybody sees what a good relationship they have at the end of the movie. You know, like there was that one dude, he's like, why don't we have that kind of relationship? He says to his agent, you know, I'm like, I think he's going to be very successful. We'll see. Will we? We I, won't. We'll see in Jerry Maguire too. Maybe. I mean, they do, <laughs> they do allude to the fact that, uh, you know, Ray might have a uh, career in baseball. So Yeah, it's true. We'd have to come back, I don't know, 20 years from now right. to see his career in baseball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Maguire to raise a baseball player. It's weird when there's a little kid named Ray, right? Why? I don't know. It's just a weird name for a kid. You don't. I don't think of. I think of Ray as an old man. I think a Raymond is an old man. Ray. Ray doesn't fit a little kid. That's a name you grow into. Okay. I think. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> He's her little ray of sunshine. Aww. So what did you think of the movie overall? I liked it. I don't I don't think I liked it as much as you did. <laughs> but I thought it was very good. It was probably the best romantic comedy in, I don't know, a long time. Maybe since Say Anything. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that, like I said, it's, it's very worth seeing. There's something in it for... You know, even the dudes, not just the girls. They're both, all three of the main players, well, all four of the main players in this movie, because I'm going to count the kid too, uh, Cuba Gooding Jr., um, Renee Zellweger, Tom Cruise, and Jonathan Lipnicki, they're all great. Yeah. And I, I like, she doesn't get a lot of time, but I like um, Cuba Gooding Jr.'s wife too, oh, yeah. Regina King. From, she does a really good job. From 227. Two two seven, and she was also in Friday. She was the little sis- the his sister in Friday. Okay, I don't know two two seven. Two two seven is a two two seven is too too funny, Carol. It's <laughs> a uh, it was a American sitcom in the nineteen uh, eighties, starring Jasmine Guy as she she was Jasmine Guy's daughter. Okay, it was about an apartment building, and they all all the people in the party. It, it was. It was uh, the the TV show that made Jack A. Harris famous. You remember she's in that sister sister show. Yeah, Jack A. She would go <clears throat> Mary, 
<laughs> but yeah, she does an excellent job. And there's, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, scenes in there about their relationship and like his brother and, you know, their whole family. And like he gets hurt at the end. And yeah. And at the end, when he gets hurt, he doesn't care about the contract or anything like that. He's all he cares about is, is his friend going to be okay? You know, because it's like the other doctors in the field, you know, like they're taking a look at it. Oh, that's all he cares about. Yeah, Jerry just takes off running. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. It's an awesome scene. So that's, you know, that's the evolution of his character, too. Yep. So definitely worth seeing for you sports fans. It's a good movie. And you romance fans. All right. Well, that is our episode for the week, Carol. So you can check out our website at www.retrolatefee.com. And you can write us at latefee1994 at AOL.com. You can tell us your uh, favorite quotes from the movie, because I'm sure there are lots of you out there who will want to quote this movie with me, unlike you. He says Quan or something (laughs) The ambassador of Quan. Okay. Yeah. Um, And be sure to tell your friends and share the tapes. All right. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.